Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 25th, 2018. Final slate of the week. It's a big one, 14 games for Friday night. And a lot of really good pitchers. Some of them, I think, pretty underpriced on the high end. Uh, we do have Max Scherzer, really expensive at 14000 A good matchup against the Marlins. We've got James Paxton, who's been really good lately, 11900 Severino, the toughest matchup of all of them at 11200 home against the Angels. And then we have Corey Kluber and Noah Syndergaard at 10800 10500 Pretty cheap prices for both of them. Much tougher matchup for Kluber. But what do you think of all these guys in the top tier, Matt? So I definitely think Max Scherzer is still the guy with the highest expected output. He is the easiest matchup of any of these pitchers facing the Marlins. Um, it is a road game, but it also is a park upgrade for Scherzer going to a pitcher's park in Miami. Um, the Marlins sort of have this reputation this year of being pesky and they, I don't know, they've had some big games in strange spots, but their offense overall is not very good. They're striking out 24% of the time against righties. And I think the WRC plus number is in the seventies. I closed too many tabs, so I lost that. Um, but they, they certainly are very bad and they're bad against righties. Um, so Scherzer at 14,000 is worth using. Uh, but I think there's way more value on Kluber at 10,800 um, Kluber's at home. He's facing the Astros, but it is home field advantage. And Kluber is still one of the best pitchers in baseball, and that's just a pretty cheap price for him. Um, so I think Kluber's the best value here. I think Cindergard is a decent play too, but I worry about the park a little bit. I worry about it being on the road. Um, Cindergard also just has not been very economical with his pitch counts, so he hasn't pitched deep into games. So I would guess at this point that in terms of exposure. Um, Kluber's the guy I'd have the most, and then Scherzer number two, with Syndergaard being number three in the high end. Um, and then I think Severino and Paxton are just kind of fairly priced, so I don't have much interest in them. So I don't know how much interest I have in Scherzer, if at all. And it's not anything against Scherzer, who I think has been the best pitcher in the National League this year. Good matchup for him against the Marlins. I just think that the price tags on Kluber and Syndergaard are such better values. And I think you could probably make lines with Kluber and Syndergaard together, which makes a lot of sense. So for Syndergaard, yeah, definitely the, the the pitch count has been an issue for him. He hasn't gone very deep in many games. With that said, he's still scoring over 20 fantasy points per start, and 10,500 is basically all we need for him. And the Brewers' offense has not been good this year. They still overall strike out, not quite as much as last year, but they're still striking out an above-average rate. So Syndergaard at 10,500, I still think really good play because – at least on a per-pitch basis, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. The price for Kluber doesn't make any sense for me. 10800 The last start he made was at Houston. He was 11900 and he scored over 30 fantasy points. He was really good that start. So the idea that now he's home against the same team and he's cheaper, it, it's just a little bizarre to me. Uh, so to me, Kluber and Syndergaard, I like them both a lot. If I had the extra money to go up to Scherzer from Syndergaard lineups, I would, except I, I do prefer the value on just Kluber and Syndergaard together. And then going down to the cheaper pitchers, I know there's one guy who you like a lot, who I also think is a, a viable option. Uh, I haven't really decided if I like using him more than rostering Syndergaard and Kluber together. But what do you think of, uh, why do you like Joe Musgrove tomorrow? Well, yeah, I'll get to that in just a second, but I think we can kind of just gloss over the entire mid-range of pitchers for this slate, barring um, any lineup decisions. Um, the one guy who I think maybe could be the best play here is Sean Maniah at 8600 but I think really everyone that's mid-priced is just kind of fair. Um, John Gray probably is upside at 7400 but it's a course game, so that's 
probably too risky of a pick than we need uh, for such a big slate. Um, so yeah, Joe Musgrove was the, I guess, maybe the centerpiece. Uh, he was one of the core pieces of the Garrett Cole trade from Pittsburgh to Houston. And at the time, actually, there, there were people who thought this kind of sounds ridiculous looking at it now, um, but that Musgrove would be a better bet to be a good pitcher this year than Garrett Cole. Uh, I disagree. Yeah, I, I also disagree. Um, but if you look at Cole's numbers from last year, they were nothing nothing really special at all. He was kind of expected to be back of the rotation guy for Houston. Um, that doesn't really say much about Musgrove, who was kind of just a decent reliever last year, but he does have a very good minor league track record. He's had good numbers throughout the minors. Um, he hasn't been that great in the majors, but supposedly he was throwing harder in spring training. Um, he did get hurt, though, so um, and it was a throwing shoulder injury. So it's it's kind of a wild card pick here. Um, he doesn't really need to be that good, though, to be worth paying min price for it. Like, I think best case for Musgrove is he ends up being a mid-rotation starter by the end of the year. But I think worst case for Musgrove, unless he gets hurt again, is he's kind of just a decent starter, maybe just an average one back of the rotation guy. Um, and min price at home in a pitcher's park in Pittsburgh for that caliber of pitcher is just way too low. So part of the reason that I like Scherzer, and I think it makes sense to use him, is because if you're using Musgrove, you just have so much salary potentially in these lineups that I still think Scherzer, compared to Kluber, should score more points. And if you can afford to pay up for Scherzer, I think it makes sense to do it. So I think I'd only have Scherzer in combinations with Musgrove, um, and then potentially Mike Miner, who's cheap also. But I do prefer Musgrove as a cheap guy. So dollar for dollar, Kluber and Musgrove are the best values on the slate. Um, and just from a lineup construction standpoint, I think... Scherzer could end up ahead of Cindergard for me just because of how he fits. But uh, I definitely think this is a good spot for Musgrove. And Mike Miner might just miss the cut because he's a little more expensive, probably a little bit worse, and it's a harder pitcher's park for him, I think, is the biggest problem there. Yeah, and then the other issue that you were bringing up before we start, also the Royals don't strike out a ton. So that, that also limits the ceiling of Miner a little bit, That and also that he just hasn't really pitched all that great this season. Uh, but getting into the offenses now, we do have a Coors game on the slate. The Colorado Rockies at home against Cincinnati Reds. Sal Romano pitching in Coors Field. It's a very good spot for the Rockies. The Rockies' offense is also god awful, so it's really hard to figure out what to what to do with them. They're fairly expensive, but not like ridiculously expensive for a Coors Field game. We've got Blackman at fifty six hundred, Arnado fifty four. And then nobody else is really all that expensive. Trevor Story's for 47. I usually don't like him all that much against righties anyway. But getting into the Rockies' offense, I think the issue is, for me, I really like the Kluber-Syndergaard combination. So I don't know how many Rockies stacks I really want to make. But I do think that guys like Blackman and Arenado and then whichever lefties end up starting in the outfield, I think that those guys make a ton of sense as plugs. I just don't know if I'm going to make full Rocky stacks. And then from the red side of the game, it is a game of course field, but John Gray overall has been pretty good this year, so I don't like Cincinnati all that much. How do you feel about the course game? Yeah, I don't like Cincinnati all that much either. Um, it looks like they are pretty priced up for course field. Uh, Joey Votto's 4,800, Scooter Jeanette's 4,800, uh, Suarez 47. Um, who are the other core guys? Shebler is 44. Even Jesse Winker is up to 3,800. So I don't think there's really much pricing value on the Reds. Um, Tucker Barnhart is the other guy who's been batting towards the top of the order. He's at 3,900 too. So I'm off the Reds for the prices, even at cores. Um, I think the Rockies are a good stack. Uh, Sal Romano is just bad enough that I think the Rockies can actually do well against him. 
Um, but yeah, they're just, they're such a bad offense that it's really hard to be that confident in them. Um, but I do think this is a good spot against Romano and maybe the bad pitching can overcome the bad hitting. Um, we don't have to worry too much about ownership here because it's a really large slate. Um, so the Rockies probably have the highest expected output of any team because of the, the park factor there. Um, the game has an over under of 11. The Rockies are minus 180 favorites. Um, so the implied run total is way higher than any other team. Um, yeah, the issue is just that most guys aren't very good in their lineup, but at least the players outside of Blackman and Arenado are cheap. So I think that does help. Uh, there have been slates where those guys have been a lot more expensive, but the secondary hitters really don't cost that much. Um, would you use Trevor Story at all at that price? 4700 is a lot for him. Like, he's the one guy who I'm most concerned with paying for. No, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like the price for Trevor Story. If it was a lefty starting... Then forty seven hundred, I would say all day roster Trevor Story. But against a righty, I would I don't want to play him at forty seven hundred. Yeah, I think if you're making a full stack and you're doing multiple of them, it might make sense to include him just for the correlation in one or two. If you're going to have like five plus Rocky stacks, but yeah, he is not a priority target. Um, I do think though that Rocky stacks in general are a decent play for this slate. All right. So other offenses that I think we like more to target. Uh, personally, for me right now, I do like the Texas Rangers offense. I know that they're not doing particularly well against Danny Duffy, but there was also reasons that we talked about to like, well, actually, mostly Matt. I'm not going to take any credit for it. Matt liked Danny Duffy more than I did, and he actually did talk me into some Danny Duffy today, and he's had, pitching a very good game against the Rangers. Texas has not hit lefties well this year. But Eric Skoblin is also not very good. And for the price tags on the Rangers – you could make Rangers stacks with Kluber and Syndergaard as the pitchers. So I do think that that's a pitching combination that I like a decent amount. Um, which offenses do you like? Because I don't think that you like the Rangers quite as much as I do. Yeah, I think it's more that I don't see the need to go that cheap because I don't like Syndergaard quite as much as you do. I'd rather play Musgrove with an expensive pitcher. Um, and the Rangers aren't cheap enough that you could use Scherzer and Kluber together and fit them in or anything like that. They still have three players that are priced above 4000 um, so I think for plugs, they make sense. I think Delano DeShields is pretty underpriced at 3400 I think Robinson Chirinos is way down there at $3,000. Um, he's one of the better left-hand hitting or hitting catchers against left-hand pitching. Um, so I think I have mild interest in the Rangers. I think they're kind of an okay play. Um, it's, it's a tough slate to really narrow down any one offensive choice. Like I think there are a lot that you can make the case for. Um, the Rockies on the high end. I think the Yankees, even in a pretty tough matchup against Andrew Heaney, are worth using. Um, it is Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees are priced down a little bit here. Uh, Glaber Torres is not, but Stanton and Judge are only 5300 and 5000 which is actually a little bit low for them. And it's not like Heaney is Max Scherzer or Chris Sale or anything. Like, I think Heaney is very good, but he's also left-handed, um, so especially Giancarlo Stanton against the lefty. But, um, yeah, I'm not totally sure how interested I am in Yankee stacks. Uh, the three offenses that stand out the most to me outside of the Rockies, though, for kind of the mid to low price range, I think it's the Pirates at home against John Gant. Um, they're pretty cheap, with Polanco being the most expensive guy at 4200 um, And then both sides of the Phillies-Blue Jays game. So Sam Gaviglio has really good stats on the surface for this year, but he's made one start and two relief appearances. He hasn't been good in the past, um, and the Phillies are not really that expensive either. Reese Hoskins is priced all the way down to 4K now. Um, and the Blue Jays aren't that expensive against Zach Eflin, who even though he's throwing harder this year, his peripherals are not that impressive. And 
He also has benefited from some pretty easy matchups where he's faced the Cardinals, the Marlins, and the Giants in his three starts. Um, so I don't think Eflin is very good. I think he'll be better than he has been in the past. But Josh Donaldson is the most expensive Blue Jays hitter at 4200 um, So I think everyone there is just kind of underpriced. Um, but there isn't one standout spot, I don't think, outside of Coors Field. So um, it's really kind of hard to say at this point. Like, do you have any conviction, really, on what the best offensive value might be? Like, do you think it's Texas, or that's just in the consideration for one of the best? No, for me, for me personally, it's Texas. The issue I have with the – I think the Blue Jays are fine to stack also. Just the, the reason that makes me go more towards Texas – then Toronto is, for one, the park. I know that Toronto is also a good hitter's park, but Texas, a really strong hitter's park. And we've seen a lot of big offensive performances in that stadium in general recently. Like, even though the Rangers only have one run so far tonight, the Royals have scored eight runs there. And we've seen that a lot in recent games with the with the hot temperatures is really high-scoring games. Like, the other day, what was it, 12-11, the game, or 11-10, the game between the the Rangers and Yankees. So I think it's such an extreme park right now that I, I like I, I like the price tags on the Rangers. And I well, I did make a couple of lineups before, and it is viable to do a stack of them with Kluber and Syndergaard as the pitchers. Yeah, so I don't really – I don't dislike that. Um, it's just that their offense is just so bad. Um, so I might prefer the Blue Jays and Phillies. I might prefer the Pirates. But I actually think they're kind of all similar – um, I think for the mid-priced offenses, all of those teams are all—they're all in play. I don't really have too much of a preference here. Um, one game that definitely draws some interest, and I'm going to pull up the weather for a second because the weather's all clear tomorrow. Yeah, for wind though, the game in Chicago, uh, the game in Detroit between the White Sox and the Tigers—that um, is a very bad pitching matchup between Mike Fires and Ronaldo Lopez. Um, so let's see if we have any wind help. Um, the wind is actually blowing out pretty heavily in Philly. Um, and the wind is also blowing out pretty heavily in Boston. So there's been a lot of line movement to the over in both of those games already. Maybe that's what's explaining it, because I was a little confused why there's been so much line movement for the over in both of those games so far. Um, the wind is blowing in in Detroit, so maybe we can ignore that. Although Ronaldo Lopez and Mike Fires are both very homer-prone, um, and the offenses are not that expensive for either of those teams. Um, but with the wind helping in Philly, how much does that change how you feel about those teams? And then also Yankee Stadium. Uh, the Yankees with the wind blowing out is kind of just a good spot against anybody. Yeah, I mean, the wind's blowing out um, a little bit, but it's not like really significant enough wins in any of those games for me to consider it a lot. Yeah, actually, the game with the most significant wind is the Boston game. Um, and I think the Braves do have upside against Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, I don't think a lot of people will use them because the Braves haven't done that much lately, and Rodriguez is a pretty good pitcher. Um, but the Braves are way better against lefties, and the Red Sox bullpen is awful. So if they can get past Rodriguez, I think there's a lot of upside for them. Um, if there's a contrarian, expensive team, I think the Braves would be the one I would target the most. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of those mid-priced offenses, like the Rangers, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Phillies, um, and then the Rockies too, I think that's probably the best area to target for offense. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think it's just kind of a different order. Like, I like, I think the... Blue Jays, the Pirates, and the Rangers are all fine for stacks. The Rangers are just my favorite of those. And then the Rockies, my favorite place to get plugs from. So that is going to finish the podcast for today. Follow me on Twitter at GRNBerDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back on Monday.